1: Hello once again, everybody, and welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. I'm your host, Clayton Fletcher, back in New York City, and joined this week by a returning guest, although it's been quite a while. Uh, Put it this way, no one had ever heard of COVID-19 the last time we had this gentleman on the program. Uh, He is a tax expert, a, a CPA, an accountant, who also has a lot of poker players as clients so i thought that given the fact that we are now squarely into march we should maybe talk about taxes for poker players with my old friend please welcome back to the program brad polizano how are you brad
2: good evening clayton and i I appreciate you accommodating my my schedule as i have a home poker game that starts in two hours yeah well so (laughs) And 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 you mentioned the pandemic, you know, that's something that uh we we started up once everybody was on lockdown from friends from high school, so we play online once a week. And what's great about it is there's video at at each person's seat on the site. So you you know you can you know you have you have instant reading ability.
1: That is so cool. So you're playing online with your with your friends, but you've also got the the camera going. What site is that?
2: It's uh pokernow.club Cool. And it's it's not meant to be a plug. I have no affiliation to it. It just suits our, our home game uh needs and you know, it's to my detriment that the video is available, at least from a playing uh performance perspective, but it's still it's still worth it.
1: Yeah, you got to stop eating that Oreo cookie every time you're bluffing. You know, It's like a dead giveaway. Don't do that. <laughs> so that's cool. And the, the guys that you're playing with, are they some of the the players that uh, that we might know? Are you playing with some heavy hitters or what?
2: D, uh, DC Krantz is a uh, is a, a, a
1: frequent uh, a, a attendee. Yeah, so we know that Krantz. That name rings a bell. Yeah, everybody knows Krantz. So that's cool. That's cool. So, yeah, uh, he,
2: he shows up and it's like, you know, he's he's just, you know, he's much more aggressive than the rest of us. So <laughs> it, it adds, uh, you know, it keeps us on our toes.
1: Yeah, there's always the the pro at the home game that's like raising and re-raising constantly. And the regular guys are like, what the heck's going on here? But that is one of the key differences, I think, between, uh, you know, an experienced player and people that play more for fun is that we're just a lot more aggressive. So, uh, yeah, for sure. So that's cool. So the pandemic hit, and then you wanted to stay in touch with your friends, and you were looking for fun things to do at home, and somebody had the idea to start up a a home poker game with this website. That's great.
2: Yeah, still going, too. It's a year in. It's
1: crazy. Very cool. Yeah. Now, do you guys just play Texas Hold'em, or do you mix it up on there? It's
2: it's just been Texas Hold'em. You know, we just with uh, everybody has, you know, a, a $20 buy-in and then it you know, what's great about the site is that if you if you lose all your chips, you get cast off your your video gets cast off the table into like the corner. And you're just your video's there by itself cuz you, you you have nothing left. It's kind of, it's actually pretty funny that's, the way they set it up.
1: That's great. You're over there in the losers lounge.
2: Exactly. Very much better said.
1: <laughs> that's great. I love it. I yeah, I actually never heard of that. That site. And uh, just so everyone knows, full disclosure, I also am not sponsored. You know, this podcast is not sponsored by that site. It just uh, if if a brand happens to come up in the middle of a conversation, uh, so be it. Right. So Brad uh, is my uh, my accountant. He does a tremendous job on my taxes, which are incredibly complicated because I have income from poker. I have income from comedy. I have income from this podcast. It's it's not easy. Uh and you know, we haven't talked to you in a while, Brad, but I wanted to get you back on, you know, just given that it, probably a lot of people are scrambling to try to get their taxes done. And is it fair to say that 2020 was a year unlike any other? Uh, I, I I I what would, what would you say if I said no? <laughs> I'd say you're <laughs> crazy, dude. What the heck happened? I don't even remember. It was, a, it was a blur. It was like one minute, I'm doing comedy in Vegas. I got all these big shows lined up, and the next thing I know, I'm being told that I'm not allowed to leave my house. So, uh, yeah, that was weird. Um, but like you, I started playing online poker uh, in a way that I I never had really before, except for maybe yep. if you count... You know, back in you know the dark ages of online poker, like two thousand four, two thousand five, I used to be really active online. I haven't really touched the stuff in like fifteen years. And uh, as my regular listeners will tell you, uh, I've been back in the online streets with a vengeance of late. And uh, sometimes the vengeance is being gotten by my opponents, but that's another story. So, Brad, just tell us, uh, you know, what's different tax-wise about 2020 like a lot of people got aid from the government i don't know small business loans they got stimulus checks are we going to have yep. to pay taxes on all that stuff and how does it break down so um stimulus money from
2: the federal government is not taxable um, <clears throat> There is some there's some folks whose income may have been too high when the stimulus checks, the, the first and second rounds of stimulus checks went out last year, early this year. and then their 2020 income decreased significantly as a result of the pandemic and thus rendering them eligible for some money or um, or more money than they than they received. And, and the good news is the government created a form that gets attached to your 2020 tax return. That you input uh, how much you did receive for each round of the stimulus uh, checks, and then then the form calculates how much you should have received based on your updated income. Now, if your income went up, you're not penalized. You don't like have to give any back, right? So you're it, it only provides an opportunity for you to receive more, and you get it through filing your tax return. So if it's fifteen hundred dollars more or four thousand dollars more, whatever it is. It acts as a credit when you file your tax return. Effectively, either decreasing your tax liability that you owed when you file, or if you were in a refund position, only increasing that amount.
1: Okay, that makes some sense. Uh, so basically, you're saying that you can amend your income if it would benefit you as far as getting more of the uh, available stimulus money, right? Well,
2: in, in a way, you're not like you're not filing an amended return or anything. It's just updating the government with what your your 2020 income is to calculate okay. how much stimulus money you're entitled to because the the amount that you're entitled to is dependent on it start phasing out at, at a at a certain income threshold. And when when they issue these stimulus checks it's based on your last filed tax return.
1: Right. So now so, you're filing
2: 2020, a lot of people's income went down.
1: Yeah, especially Uh, If you had a regular job or, or, you know, used to work in comedy clubs every night and now you can't do that anymore, it would greatly change how much money you earned year over year. Uh, And maybe some of our listeners actually did better in 2020 than uh, they did in 2019. So in that case, if you if you did have a a good year for for whatever reason, first of all, congratulations, uh, doing so well during a pandemic. Good for you. Uh, and if that is you, then you would not want to uh, change your uh, your income if you already got a stimulus check, right?
2: Well, well to be clear, you're not you're not you're not pe- the, the government's not going to take back what they right. gave you. Okay. So it's it's not you're not getting penalized because you had a in, in at least for the the um, the the economic impact impact payments. If you had a better year in 2020, they're not they're not doing it. So there actually is no downside um, to, uh, to 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 file, you know, to to well, you have to report your income regardless, right? So you're going to do it, but there's it's not like you're going to have to give anything back.
1: Right. Okay. So, yeah. So if anyone's listening and thinking, you know, I had a good year in 2020, I don't want to lose my eligibility for the stimulus check, or I don't want the government to come after that money they already paid me and say, hey. We paid you more than you should have gotten because of your income bracket or something. Uh, don't worry, that's not going to happen. And here I have a, a licensed professional CPA telling you that of all the things you have to worry about, that should not be on the list, right?
2: Right. And and I would just uh, you know t- tell the audience to look into that. The, it's it's the, called the recovery rebate credit when they're filing their 2020 returns to see. How, you know, if they may be able to just get the the stimulus money they haven't received yet or if they're entitled to more through filing their 2020 tax return.
1: Okay. so what about things like when the federal government beefed up unemployment for people who qualified for unemployment or, uh, you know, obviously gave out grants and loans and stuff like that? Like how much of that is going to impact people's uh, taxes for 2020?
2: It it might it depends on what was actually uh, received um, on uh, you know unemployment money not the, not, there was the six hundred a month that was coming through the the federal government that that portion would not be taxable but the portion that's through the state um, the state unemployment agencies is taxable income okay so, so some has, of it would and, be. and you, uh, you receive a a a ten ninety nine g form that 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 includes the amount of uh, unemployment compensation received. Got so it. it
1: just gets reported on the tax return. Okay, cool. That makes sense. All right. So those were some of my, um, you know, pandemic-specific questions uh, for yeah. you. But what else has changed um, tax-wise based on, uh, you know, obviously the uh, coronavirus turning the whole world upside down?
2: Yeah, well, you know, uh, there, the, as you alluded to earlier, there's probably a uh, quite a lot more folks playing online, um, either for the first time or, or more seriously than they ever have. And you know, just you know, I feel like I'm, I'm, you know, banging the same drum I probably did two years ago. But it's you know, technically every penny that is earned on an online site, whether it is a state-regulated site or it is an offshore, unregulated site. It's all taxable by Uncle Sam. Uh, so um, now, of course, there's deductions allowed to if there's losses, you know, that can to the extent of of, uh, of poker winnings or you know other other types of games. But every penny
1: is taxable. Okay. So what if now a lot of these offshore sites. They kind of they have a, a, a different way of paying, like they might pay in in Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies. Is that a way for uh, players who who play on those sites to avoid paying taxes to the IRS? No. No. Short answer. No.
2: <laughs> no. And here here's here's the thing to just be mindful of about cryptocurrency is the The, 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 the authorities, not just the tax authorities, but, um, you know, other, other government, federal and state government agencies are investing a lot of resources into investigations, uh, uh, of potential financial crimes through the use of cryptocurrency, whether the cryptocurrency is being used to, um, facilitate illegal or illicit conduct or for purely tax evasion. I have firsthand been a part of those investigations representing taxpayers that are under investigation by the federal government for tax evasion and part of it is us educating the agents how it all works you know so i, I just caution to be careful it, it, it there's not there's nothing inherently illegal just through the use of cryptocurrency okay let's let's just be clear but every time you uh you at least in in the US under federal tax law, if you convert one form of crypto to another, so Bitcoin to Ethereum or Dogecoin or to US dollars, that is a taxable event. Because you because the because the value that the Bitcoin was when when you first acquired it compared to when you first exchanged it for another crypto or US dollars, there's either an appreciation or depreciation in value of that crypto. It's It's Think of it as holding stock and selling stock. It works essentially the same way in that regard.
1: Okay, so Brad, let me jump in because uh, this is really interesting to me. If you invest in a stock and the stock goes up, but you don't sell it, you don't have to pay taxes on that until you sell it. So, But what you're saying is if you convert one cryptocurrency to another – or you know sell it for dollars that's the taxable event because that's when the gains are actually realized right you're
2: you're you're you're, you're using like technical legal terminology without even realizing it Re- <laughs> Am I know, really? it's, it's the amount realized is is actually like you know t- 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 tax tax uh, tax lingo but yes think of it as if uh, even exchanging you you know your bitcoin for ethereum that is the, under the tax law the equivalent of selling stock, and so you, you have an amount realized. So, and you know, for the high volume traders, it it can become a record keeping nightmare. And what to pile on, if if one is commingling crypto, the same type of crypto in a wallet that they're acquiring in different tranches, which is very common. You know, you're you know, acquiring crypto at various points in time, the amount that it's acquired for is always going to be different, right? We call it the cost basis. How much did you pay? What's the US dollar equivalent of the crypto that you acquired? Right? It would just be whatever the fair market value is on the day you acquire it. The issue is then let's say you have ten different, you know, Bitcoin. I say ten different Bitcoin, but just for simplicity, you know, you have 10, 10 tranches of Bitcoin that you acquired at 10 different points in time, and they all have different dollar dollar cost, right? Then let's say you sell one or convert one to U.S. dollars. Which of those 10 cost values do you use to calculate your gain?
1: Oh, gosh.
2: <laughs> right? Yeah, that's so, a pretty
1: hard question to answer, right? I mean, so I would we, want to use well, the one that was highest.
2: That's what you, That would be the ideal answer. However... What the tax law says is unless you can specifically identify the one that you're selling within those 10 as the one that you acquired, if you can match them up, then you can use that cost. But if you can't, if they're not segregated, if you can't prove that and they're all commingled, then you have to use the oldest cost. So the first one that went into the wallet and, you know, based on the current Bitcoin trajectory historically there's a likelihood that that oldest Bitcoin in your wallet has the lowest cost now that, that that may not be the in fact the case but generally speaking let's just assume it is then you're then you're gonna have the largest gain possible on the sale of that one because you're using the one you're you're applying the one with the lowest cost.
1: Wow yeah I mean does that now make people, sense? yeah it does it's bad news I think for a lot of our listeners. Uh, especially those who may have thought that getting into cryptocurrency was, uh, kind of a shelter from all of this, uh, government stuff. So, uh, and what is the, uh, what is the appeal of investing in Bitcoin or Ethereum as opposed to traditional stocks and mutual funds and things like that, if not to kind of be off the radar?
2: you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> I I mean, personally, I I really can't bear it because and and you know, I, I'm just one person, one man's opinion, but it's it's a market that never sleeps. And I just I just personally, I know I, I would I would always be uh you know, distracted by it or paying attention to the to it, you know. Yeah. The, well, the I mean, Brad, you changes. you
1: you count you count the, the the pennies for for a living. So I mean, for you, something that is so wild and volatile, and like you say, it's it's a 24-hour market, 365 days a year. Yeah, uh, yeah so you would constantly be checking, how much has my Bitcoin moved? And it moves a lot. I mean, it, it's gone crazy. Uh, yep. In the last 12 months, I think it's quintupled. But just last week, it, it lost like 20% of its value and then went back up again. I mean, this is just... Uh, the, those who are experienced cryptocurrency investors out there, they know that the uh, volatility is, uh, shall we say, par for the course. Right. But, yep. Yeah, I mean, I, as fast as it can go up, that's how fast it can also go down. But, yeah, I think that many people have a misconception about Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies as them being sort of uh, exempt from or somehow hidden from from the uh from the government and so they don't worry about the taxes but what i'm hearing you saying now is that the government is actively uh looking for people who are trying to uh do things that are against the law using just, just Bitcoin. look
2: at the first page of the 2020 tax return i know you study it every day clayton
1: always oh uh, yeah uh. it's like, it's like <laughs> how else can i get out of bed
2: <laughs> you look at the first page halfway down there's a question on the first page of the 1040: Have you received, sold, sent, exchanged, or otherwise acquired any financial interest in crypto in, vir- uh, in virtual currency during the year? Yes or no. You have to answer that question affirmatively on your tax return in 2020. Wow, okay. that's that's where this has come to.
1: Yeah. So once you answer that new question, which obviously cryptocurrency itself is relatively new, but now I guess the government is finally uh you know trying to get their fair piece of the pie or whatever uh once you answer that question i assume there are going to be other questions to answer uh like how much bitcoin did you acquire sell uh you know or what did you call there it are, virtual virtual it, currency
0: right
2: like, it's not like there's you know follow up questions on your return it is just a yes or no and you know people are going to say well if, you know if i say yes then i'm then i'm you know going to get audited and the, re- the reality is, um, while there might be some small incremental chance that that's the case, I, I, you know, I'm, I don't work for the government, I can't speak to what their intentions are with this data, um, There maybe there's an incremental chance. I, you know, as one trading, if I were one to be actively uh, transacting in cryptocurrency, I just think I'd sleep better at night knowing I said yes with an incremental chance for an audit than saying no and and potentially being investigated for tax evasion. Maybe that's just me, but um, you know, g- going through a what we'll call a civil IRS examination where there's no that th- they're they're only examining the return for the accuracy. They're not sus- they're, they're not suspecting that there's an intent to evade taxes. That comparatively speaking is much less painful. Now maybe going through an IRS audit sucks generally. I get it. I represent many many taxpayers that that are that have undergone them or are currently in them now i'm not saying it's an ideal place to be but relatively speaking it would be
1: all right so the message there better be safe than sorry don't lie to the government answer that question honestly and then if they want more information they'll they'll get it but you know Brad i read somewhere i've always wanted to ask uh you know a tax expert about this i read somewhere that the government already knows exactly how much all of us made they have that information already so why do they make us fill out all these forms anyway
2: <laughs> specific to crypto or just in general
1: just in general but yeah also with crypto
2: um well, no, they don't know everything. I mean, they know if you get a form from a, a payer, like you do for your your uh, your your comedy shows, or from the the regulated gaming website, if they issue you a W two G, yes, the government has that information. Um, but they don't they don't they don't get everything.
1: Okay, so no, that's they, why it's up to us know, to fill in those blanks for them, right?
2: Yeah. Well, and and, it, and you're putting it all together on a tax return, right? So, you know, the, the 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 there is a vision. The IRS one day will, you know, be able to essentially prepare returns for taxpayers using that information that they get. But the government doesn't know how much Clayton that you um, you donated to charity last year. That's not reported to the IRS. You you know, or or your your business expenses. That's not the only way they find that out is when you report that on your tax return.
1: Yeah. Yeah, There's no
2: separate form that goes to the government because you, you know, had to take a trip, you know, in your car from point A to point B to for a show.
1: Right, right. Yeah, now my listeners know that I am an amateur crypto investor only because one of the offshore sites that I won some money on, when I went to cash out, that was the only way that I could get to work was the Bitcoin. So I ended up getting, you know a certain amount of bitcoin from my cash outs and that was back when bitcoin was at ten thousand dollars now it's gone up to fifty thousand dollars which has uh, done a great job of offsetting some other losses that i've had this year but if i haven't sold that bitcoin then i don't have to because i haven't actually realized right so that's kind of my personal situation like until i sell it i'm not going to be taxed on the gains
2: Right, there's two there's two taxable events that we're talking about. One is when you're when you receive the winnings in the form of crypto. Just because you receive it as crypto doesn't make the recognition of the winnings any different. So like you you the, the actual gaming winnings, you that that's still income, right? Sure. But then you're now you have this asset and you're holding it and you haven't you haven't exchanged it for other crypto, you haven't converted it to US dollars. Correct. You're not recognizing the capital gains on that yet. That's
1: right. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, I know you and I are going to go through all this privately, but but obviously I think we pretty much have already. Like, yeah. You know. Okay. So we're done. You could just send me an invoice. Yeah. No. I <laughs> I wanted to share that uh, more openly in this public forum because I think that these things can get complicated, and I think that many poker players uh, they they might need help with this stuff, especially if you are like me and you weren't already. Active in the in the crypto world um, prior to sort of necessities of the pandemic causing me to, you know, be accidentally thrust into that world. And then, you know, just being the luck box who happens to see like a 500% return on investment <laughs> from the crypto yep. that I got. Although, like I said, I haven't sold it yet. So, and it could go all the way back down to where it was uh, tomorrow. That is definitely... Uh, a, a distinct possibility in this wild world of uh, cryptocurrencies, but I want people to to hear what you're telling them, Brad, which is you know this money is not hidden, it's not sheltered, it, it it's the law says that you have to report those events, and so uh, you know I, I want to ch- try to help some of these poker players out there that might be perfectly innocent, but not realizing that they have to report that even though they were not paid in. U.S. dollars, you still have to report it, right?
2: Correct. And it, you know, n- now what's really taking off? Uh, I don't know how much you've, you've dabbled in this space with uh, with the non fungible tokens, um, and these these crypto assets that you you can acquire, you know, that that are essentially static online. Um, NBA Top Shot, for example. Again, not a not not a sponsor. I have no connection to it, but it's just blowing up right now. Have you heard about this?
1: Yeah, I don't really know what it is, but uh, why don't you uh, inform us? So,
2: well, it's related to crypto in that. Um, so they're basically digital cards of NBA players, but they're they're highlights of NBA players, and 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 they and they use this crypto technology as it's called this non-fungible token and, and if anybody is is, is even ha- you know a, a, a quarter um, you know uh, of the way in understanding it all, they're far beyond me, so I'm, I'm probably butchering how it all works. but <laughs> basically th- there's a unique identifier to each of like these cards. So they might release like a hundred LeBron James in this in these sets of packs that they're releasing that you buy. But each of one of those hundreds has has a unique identifier in uh, in the blockchain that that makes it that, that identifies it to be unique, so it can't be like copied. So there's only like a hundred in existence in circulation. Um, but there's on on nbatopshot.com there's a marketplace where you can buy and sell these cards they They only stay on the website. You can't take them off the website. You can't do anything with them. You have a collection on their website of these cards, and people are selling them for f- three, four, five, six figures each. wow, it's It's insane. It's insane with how this is blowing up right now. and they when they released these packs, there was supposed to be a pack release tonight. But I, I I don't know if it was because of tech, they're they're getting so much volume on their website that they they postponed it. But there's like 150,000 plus people waiting in line to try to get a a, a pack for $99 that they're only giving 5,000 packs away for. It's just the demand is is just spiraling out of control.
1: And the supply is scarce.
2: That's right. So it's but that what what, what it does though it's, it it introduces another interesting nuance in the tax law is. When you sell that, even if you sell it for crypto, U.S. dollars, whatever, it 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 falls under a different tax rate for collectibles. There's a special tax rate of 20, federal tax rate of 28% on uh, gains or income from the sales of collectibles, which would be a higher tax rate than if it were just you know stock or cryptocurrency that you held for at least a year. Because that rate is is caps out at twenty percent for federal tax purposes.
0: But well, and, oh and you
2: have, yeah, and you have exchanging these digital assets for cryptocurrency itself. I I, I was even I was looking at it. I think just last night, like Mark Cuban has his own page where he has like three hundred plus of these of these assets. Not NBA Topshop, but just like digital digital paintings and images. Uh, uh, that that people are buying in crypto and then they're like, you know, putting them on this online collection and it's just uh,
1: <laughs> a brave new world, Brad.
2: <laughs> there you go. I mean, I think part of it is that you know we're living in this in this virtual environment and there's not as as much of a demand for like having something physical like you you're you get something virtual and you're interacting with this virtual world that we're all dealing with day in and day out anyway so i think that that's it's just gravitating towards that and you you layer in cryptocurrency technology like you know i think that helps drive the appeal too so
1: yeah sure i mean crypto is changing the way a lot of things happen, but, you know, anyone who's known me, I mean, since the 1990s, I've always said, if, if it's not fungible, I'm not interested. You know, that's just kind of my, my rules that I live my life by. I After this call, I'm going to figure out what fungible means, but I'm sure I don't like it. I want everything to be as fungible as possible. Is that normal?
2: I, I get it. I mean, <laughs> it's it's very, it's, it's not what we... It's not what we grew up on. It's not what we're used to. It, it's it's totally disrupting that that mentality.
1: Yeah. Well, it's a definitely a, a different time in a different world. And, you know, we're doing comedy over Zoom. We're playing poker on Zoom. We're, we're, everything is Zooming. So, uh, obviously, the government realizes that, uh, you know, crypto is becoming more mainstream every day. And so, naturally, they are finally trying to learn more about it and understand how it works. Uh, I know more than one person uh, is going to be upset with you for admitting that you helped them learn how it all works because we were hoping to <laughs> keep them in the dark for as long as possible. <laughs> but Apparently the word is out. <laughs> um, so what else, Brad? I don't want to keep you too long, but what else do you think is important for our listeners who are primarily uh, professional and semi-professional poker players uh, out there? What What do they need to know?
2: Well, um, you know that there's there's something called foreign bank account reporting rules. It's not part of a tax return. Um, it's called the FBAR. It's it's a separate form. It it has the same due date as the tax return, April fifteenth. But basically, uh, a taxpayer that has at any point during the year at least ten thousand U.S. dollars or equivalent in a what's called a foreign financial account. That has to get reported on this form. It's an annual reporting and failure to do so is $10,000 penalty per uh, per account per year at a minimum. That's a non-willful penalty. Penalties could, could spiral out of control if, if it's it's failure to file or report is called willful. But I say that because offshore um, online poker accounts are arguably uh, subject to those rules. Um, uh US dollars on foreign cryptocurrency exchange accounts so cryptocurrency exchanges that are not regulated by um the the federal states but are regulated by you know countries outside of the US that would be a foreign account that that might be reportable so i just you know that even if there's no income there's the the IRS and and uh, other Federal agencies have these reporting rules because they're they they're trying to gather as much data for enforcement purposes. So, um, just just another another fun thing to be aware of.
1: Yeah, they're trying to follow the money, and if they think you're trying to make that harder for them, they're not going to be too happy about that. And you know, they always say, "Death and taxes, right? Those are the only two things that <laughs> that we can count on that are guaranteed in life." So, uh, well, Brad, I really appreciate you coming back on the podcast and, uh, let me ask you a question. Are you right now? Are you looking for more clients? Do you have room in your schedule? If any of our listeners might be interested in some help with their, with their 2020 taxes, can we refer them to you or can you point them in the right direction?
2: It's, uh, this is what we call March madness for us right now. And it's not, it's not the college basketball tournament I'm referring to, (laughs) um, look, i'm I'm always at a minimum, I'm always uh, you know w- willing to to see if I can help or if I can't, due to capacity or other reasons, you know find find somebody else to be able to help. So if somebody's looking for help, you know, i I'm, im'm I'm, I'm happy to have the conversation and and see and see what what we could do.
1: All right. And you could tell him that I sent you. I like to follow Brad on Twitter. He's tax dude, which is t a x d o o d. Is there any other way that you uh, like to be contacted, Brad?
2: Um, I I'll, I'll give out my email address. It's it's uh it's Brad at TaxDude.com, dot dcom I'll also just mention um I I have a a podcast going myself, uh, Clayton. Um, it's uh it's a sports podcast that I do with one of my buddies and we've recorded now like I think we did our ninetieth episode last night. We you know, we've had hiatuses here and there. It's it's really just for fun. It's two two guys mo- mostly talking about you know New York sports or anything interesting in sports going on. I, I you know, I, I I I'm always curious for you know constructive feedback on the dynamic. I think we we take an approach that's that's a little lo- that's that's somewhat unique, and we we've known each other for a really long time. So it it you, you could you could sense that like camaraderie and connection. Um, So that – oh, I should say what the name is, right? It's called Hip and the Lip.
1: I like it. Hip and the Lip is the podcast. Uh, Brad at taxdude.com is the email address. At taxdude is the Twitter handle, and it's my friend, my CPA, my uh, sports buddy. We also do talk uh, fantasy baseball and sports. I can tell you Brad knows a lot about sports and particularly New York sports. And I am going to check out his podcast. And I can tell you one thing about our listeners, Brad. If you're looking for feedback on your dynamic or on anything else, you'll get it from these guys. So check out Brad's podcast as well. Brad, anything else you want to say before we say goodbye?
2: Just saying if you made it this far, thank you for uh, for staying awake. <laughs>
1: so For Brad Polizano and for everyone here at Tournament Poker Edge. I'm Clayton Fletcher. Thank you so much for listening. I want
0: to hold them like they do in Texas plays. Hold them, let them hit me, raise it, baby, stay with me Luck and intuition, play the cards with babes to start And after she's been hooked, I'll play the one that's on her heart Oh, wow